Welcome to the Curiosity Pod. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly. Hello, hello, friends. This is Aliza. You are listening to the Curiosity Pod, and we are stepping into Libra season. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh, me too. (laughs) So I want to, before we get into your Libra season horoscope, I want to just talk about where we have found ourselves at this part of the year and what mythology, what stories, what knowledge we can extract from arriving at this place. So we just finished up Virgo season. Virgo season this year had a lot of conclusions to it. Um, We concluded Venus retrograde during Virgo season. We started and ended Mercury retrograde during Virgo season. So Virgo season is always a very transitional time. It is a mutable sign, um, which means that it it is sort of shifting our perception of reality. This is the case with all of the mutable signs, which also include Gemini, Virgo, of course, Sagittarius, and Pisces, which occur at the end of seasons. So for Virgo, we're at the end of the summer season. We're transitioning into the fall. And one of the things that I love when we sort of arrive at Virgo season is we have just finished up Leo season when we we, we know (laughs) that we are the most talented, the most... um, creative, that we have all of these incredible electrical forces in us. And if Leo season continued on unchecked, we would just be sort of in this like spiral of passion and excitement and artistry and play, which sounds amazing, right? But let's be honest, not all of our ideas are that good, (laughs) right? Like some ideas are better than others. Some things we simply don't have time for, some things we aren't qualified to do. And that's when Virgo season, Virgo energy comes in and says, how do I refine this? How can I, I see what you did, Leo. I I see your creative process, but now let me synthesize this. Let me improve this. Let me perfect this. Let me turn this into something that is actually tangible. Let me incorporate this into your schedule. Let's figure out what, on a day-to-day basis, what routines you would need in order to cultivate this and make it stronger. So during Virgo season, we are interested in sort of fine-tuning. We're interested in clarifying. We're interested in really identifying where our strengths and weaknesses are, right? We have that Virgo, um, that real, that we're channeling that real precise Virgo energy into our ability to continue because all of this is ultimately about our self-actualization journey. That is what we are doing all all through the zodiac cycle, right? All through the 12 signs where we're figuring out what does self-actualization look like? What are the steps that we need in order to do this? So Virgo season drops us off. We have this fine tooth comb. We've gone through everything. We've really clarified. And now it's Libra season, which really 
expands on that Virgo quality, on that Virgo essence. And the expansion of Virgo into Libra is now we are going to really refine and we are really going to harmonize and we are really going to balance everything that we have learned during Virgo season and we're going to figure out how we are going to showcase it and bring it to the world and make all of the lessons that we learned, that we extracted during Virgo season something that really works for us. So we get to Libra season. We have all of these new systems outlined through Virgo season, through our learnings through Virgo season. And what we need to do now is figure out how we can alchemize them, how we can incorporate them, how we can build on them with the outside world. So Libra is the only zodiac sign that is represented by an inanimate object, the scales. And what Libra does, it comes at such an important part of the zodiac, it's the halfway point, and it splits the zodiac into two. So our first half of the zodiac, which is Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, and Virgo, is really all about, you know, we're, we're in our own lane. <laughs> we, we are sort of focused on who we are and what we're doing and our own business. And then the second half of the zodiac is where it gets a little bit more existential. Those are the signs Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. And in the second half of the zodiac, we're thinking about how we individually integrate with the outside world. We're thinking about what it means for us to be who we are, because, right, we've done all of the, we've really identified our person by the by the time we get to Virgo, we have identified what you know what our offerings are and how we can structure them and what systems and what protocols we can use. And now the next step is for us to figure out how do we blend and mesh and integrate and and balance all the things we've learned about us individually with our external circumstances with people, with contracts, with situations, with environments. So Libra season is about us balancing who we are with basically who everyone else is. And in this week's Substack, um, in our weekly forecast, I wrote about Persephone and the myth of Persephone because Libra season starts us off on the autumn equinox and the autumn equinox is when Persephone um, begins her descent into the underworld. And you can read the mythology in the uh, post that I had from earlier this week, which is the week ahead, 918.23 through 924.23. And that goes into the details around the myth of Persephone. But in short, basically our girl Persephone, who was the goddess of spring, was out one day, you know, tending to her divine duties and found this narcissus which is believed to only grow in the underworld very mysterious picks it in the spot she picks it the earth opens up and out comes Hades in his you know onyx chariot (laughs) and his his whole spooky vibe grabs her 
you know, obviously we have a lot of consent issues involved in the story, as we do in a lot of the <laughs> in a lot of the ancient myths. Uh, and and says, "You're my queen now." Takes her to the underworld. The earth closes back up, and her mother Demeter, who we also might know as Ceres from as an asteroid, um, is left wondering where the fuck her daughter went. What happened here? Where where's my girl? So it's very heartbreaking. Demeter's tragedy and lament is ultimately what creates winter um, because she is so absolutely depressed and despondent having lost her daughter and also very unclear as to even what happened to her daughter. She requires allies um, to help her navigate the underworld, which we've talked about as well in the Curiosity Report. Hecate um, and also Hermes are these these gods and goddesses, Hecate is a goddess associated with um, movement and transition and thresholds and tunnels and all of these beautiful portals. So these friends who are, who are able to navigate m- multiple spaces bring her back to the underworld. Um, and basically from there, you know, she confronts Hades. She's like, what the hell has happened here? Where's my daughter? Give her back. Hades like, no, I don't want to. And guess what? Your daughter, Persephone, has eaten six pomegranate seeds. And she knew that if she ate anything here in the underworld, she would have to stay forever. So it's like a there's a crisis. <laughs> there's, a, there's a crisis here. And it goes all the way up to the top to Mount Olympus to the judicial system, which is, you know, where we first start to see our Libra, se- Libra themes punctuated in here a little bit. And what's ultimately determined by Zeus himself is that because Persephone has eaten six of these pomegranate seeds, she is to spend six months of the year in the underworld, and then the other six months of the year she can spend above ground with her mother and continue her responsibilities as the goddess of spring. So this is the origin story of our two primary seasons. Um warm and hot (laughs) you know the seasons of warm and hot um and it's a story that is about balance fundamentally uh i mean there's actually there's so many ways we can interpret the story this story is about mother-daughter dynamics it's about husband-wife dynamics it's about how families can break apart other families it's it's really psychologically rich. It's a really deep and soulful narrative. It's one of my favorite myths. Um, but as we look at it through the lens of Libra season and autumn equinox, I think it's really fascinating that there's so much about what's fair, what's just, what's balanced. And then, of course, the the topics around compromise, the topics around negotiation, around contracts. Fundamentally, you know, what does it mean to be in relation to other external entities and parties? And at the end of the day, Demeter and Hades kind of come up with like a joint custody situation for for Persephone. And this joint custody situation for Persephone, which was decided in court, right, which was decided through a you know, a judicial system of what is fair and what is balanced, very Libra, is about 
being able to accommodate multiple different perspectives and multiple different points of view. So I think that there's just a lot of really rich insight that we can glean from this narrative in particular as we step into Libra season. And I encourage all of us throughout Libra season to really focus and and dig into what our balance is in our life as it relates to our interpersonal relationships. What are the compromises? What are the negotiations? What are the contracts? What are the terms? What are the conditions? What are the sacrifices? And even if we don't feel like we are getting 100% what we want is what the output and outcome is of the situation something that we can at least agree is is reasonable or is it something that needs to be reapproached completely is it something that we need to reexamine altogether and rebalance and remeasure and i think that libra season is also a really important reminder that everything is a contract everything is a negotiation we're going to see these themes expanded upon in scorpio season which is spoiler alert when we actually have to deal with the consequences of the contracts we sign. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so if you want to get a heads up on having a good Scorpio season, go through those contracts and those terms and conditions now because come Scorpio season, we're actually going to be feeling the implications of the relationships and the partnerships and the bonds, which is really just like, you know, it. I just love going through the I love going through the Zodiac so much because it just, you know, it's just this story that continues to grow and and build and transform in these most majestic ways. So now let's go through the 12 Zodiac signs and talk about just briefly what each Zodiac sign should expect from Libra season up ahead. Okay, so let's get into your horoscope for Libra season Just as a reminder, I encourage you to listen for your sun sign and your rising sign. Your sun sign is going to give you more of a sense of how you are interpreting the experiences and the circumstances that are happening in your life, whereas your rising sign is going to show you more thematically where these events are taking place because your rising sign is going to correspond more with your astrological house that this transit is falling in. So the sweet spot is reading for, or in this case, listening, or maybe reading to the transcript, both your sun and your rising and sort of blending those two expressions to really see and interpret how you are going to be experiencing whatever the transit is. In this case, it's the Libra season transit. To continue enjoying this episode and for full access to all Curiosity Pod episodes, join my Substack, The Curiosity Report. Each week, you'll receive my written newsletter, The Curiosity Diary, as well as this podcast, which includes interviews with experts, thought leaders, mystics, and overall fascinating individuals. Go to elizakelly.substack.com and join today for only $5. That's elizakelly.substack.com. See you there. <laughs> 